welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and I'm joined by my handsome colleague, Sally Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm feeling really good, thank you. A little bit scary there as we entered the Skype universe and somehow ended up in the jungle together. But um, that's not going to make any sense to anyone, and I don't care. It was funny, and I'm feeling good. How about you? Uh, I feel terrible. Um, I've got that super flu going around at the moment, so... Other than that, I need to I need to get through it. I need to populate people's ears with lots of positive shark talk, Dan. Lots of positive shark talk because we just had a weekend of rugby league, and I feel that there was nothing but positivity that could come out of it for sharks players. Now, you asked me at the start of this, had I done any research on the NRLW women's game and the players? The answer is no. I did not watch the game, so it's over to you, Dan. You're gonna tell me all about who we need to look for in the Sharks and who we should sign from the NRLW. Well, unfortunately, we didn't have anyone representing, uh, being that we don't have an NRLW side yet. But in the under-19s... We did have the Harvey Normans, though, didn't they? They picked players out of the Harvey Normans? Yeah, they didn't, but I didn't, I'm 99.999% sure no one from Cronulla was picked. Um, Maddie Studden was our usual one, but she had a bit of a form slump this year and fallen away. fallen away. Look, I um, I looked into some of the contracts real quick because we're coming in, obviously, the end of next year, so we've got to start signing, you know, relatively quickly. I suppose there's no rush. You want to get the right players. But, you know, there's 12 months, really, to start preparing. They're going to training soon. Uh, mate, there wasn't a player on field that I wouldn't want to see in a Sharks jersey. A couple of those girls up front, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Kezi App. She's, you know, she's a new Maddie stud, and I, I feel like that's... You shouldn't be saying that publicly, but uh, mate, Kezi Apps would be number one on my on my wish list. Uh, from the under nineteens game though, mate, you saw that try right from the young Roosters fullback. I did, yeah. Hundred and nine meters, absolutely ridiculous stuff. So much fun, but uh, look, I'm hoping our scouts will watch them for uh, Thursday and Friday night because there's some super super talent available. Yeah, hope, hopefully we'll have some news. actually played for us in the under-19s. I can't remember her name. She's got a hat-trick out in the centres. Yeah, I feel really bad because I did actually have it written down here. That's, uh, that's pretty terrible. It's it. Hold on. It's in my book. It is. She's the daughter of a former Tiger, and they were banging on about how she scored a hat-trick for the... Andy Robinson, you know, of course. Like Andy Robinson. She writes for the Sharks website. Yeah, she's a freakish young talent, mate. She's 20, so she came in as one of the three marquees, which is pretty good because you only pick, you only get three. It's like the Olympic tournament. Otherwise, you've got to all be under, under you know, the 19s, as the under-19 name suggests. But, uh, look, mate, if our inaugural signing was to be Andy Robinson, that'd be good. And it was Jada Taylor that's got the try, too. Excuse me, now that I've had time to think about it. Two, two brewing games, mate. Should see some superstars in the black, white, and blue, hopefully, soon enough. And then just talking about that, obviously it was confirmed in the lead up to the NRLW that um, Cronulla have rightfully been um, given a license to enter into the competition. Four new teams takes the competition up to ten teams now. Um, lots of people are turning around saying, "Oh, I don't really know if there's enough talent going around." Well, we saw enough talent in the under 19s. I watched that game. I didn't watch the NRLW uh, actual origin game because I was out on the Friday night, but I heard it was an absolutely cracking contest. That's really good. So there's two squads of 17, plus their reserve players that were in there that didn't get to play, plus you've got the New Zealand national team. Yeah. Yeah? And the World Cup as well is coming up, and apparently the England squad as well, you can go and pillage their players as well. You know, not every, not every team is going to be full of superstars. 
You know, not not every NRL, WN, NRL men's team is going to be full of superstars. There's enough talent now. I'm, you know, sitting back thinking about it now, I said that it should have been two teams and then further by another two teams. Just get them all in. Make it a six-team team comp. Let's go. It's going to be great. I agree with the four teams coming in, mate. As I said on the, uh, on the Shark cast that, you know, eventually over to enemy territory. Shout out to Shinaz. Uh, I, I will do with a year or two of teething issues, and unfortunately Cronulla are going to fall into those teething issues, being that not all the contracts avoided. You know, you got superstar players that have signed up for three or four years, or, or two or three years at least. So, you know, slow and steady wins this race. But, uh, mate... It's a perfect timing, giving the World Cup at the end of the year. That England side is good. The Kiwi side on Saturday afternoon was brilliant. There are a couple of young Tongan girls there too. I think one was playing for the West Tigers or was in the setup. And she was supposed to supposedly their inaugural signing or will be announced very soon. Just freakish talent, mate. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, no Sharks in the big game, unfortunately, but expect that to change. Yeah, absolutely expect that to change. Now, you know, I, I did remember that there was the end. Obviously, we didn't mention the NRL Harvey Norman's tournament is there as well, and obviously we've got the the pathways into Tashi Gale. So, you know, the teams are going to be stacked with super talent very quickly. Now, speaking of super talent, Dan, you're a big fan of Rep Round. Rep Round, sorry, I'm not. I despise Rep Round, but our boys, and we had a fair bit of representation. I may have missed a player somewhere. But uh, our boys got through unscathed, and one name lit up Twitter. Yeah, it did, young Kyle Eero, who uh, came into the game as a relative unknown. Obviously, a very, very famous surname for his uncle, and I believe his father or his second uncle or something. He played yeah, really Tony well. And Kevin Iroh. That's it for those uninformed. He played well for the Cook Islands. I mean, they were on hiding to nothing against far superior to Samoan team. But everyone was saying, you know, the Cookies got out there, gave it a go, and everyone was saying, who's the fullback? You know, we got to sign the fullback. And I issued a real quick get fucked. You know, Kyle Eero, for those players that don't haven't seen him go around for the Jets, he's predominantly a centre. Winger has played a little bit of fullback. You know, ventured into the halves, I think, when Beryl was injured. There was a bit of a shuffle anyways early in the year. But uh, we're going to see plenty of this kid. He's big, he's tall, he's quick, and super talented by all accounts. And for what I've seen, mate, he's one to watch in the future. He's, uh, he's quick, but he's not... He's not quick off, you know, like you, you, you wouldn't expect him to catch a ball and run 100 metres. He's, you know, he's got a bit of a burst of speed and I know a kick was put through and six people ran past him and scored a try. That's more to do with his positional play at fullback. He's not really a fullback. I know when he left the Warriors to go to the Newcastle Knights, they signed him as a fullback and he didn't enjoy his time in Newcastle. Now, whether that be because Newcastle's a shithole or because he was playing fullback, but he's a centre. And for anyone who hasn't seen Cagliaro, he looks like Valentine Holmes. He moves like Valentine Holmes, just not as quick and not as good at the moment. He would be the next cab off the rank for me if we had to debut a um, a player in the backs now. He would be the one that I'd want brought up. Oh, he's definitely jumped, Jensen. hundred oh, percent. I think that's the general consensus. Nothing official, of course. We don't we don't have those kinds of in you know the the knowledge inside the club, but. Uh, Mate, I was, I was pretty impressed because, as I said, they were going to get flogged. And, I mean, he went out there and he took some bombs and he copped some shots. But, geez, I think he uh, he came out of it a much, uh, much better player than he went in, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, so it was it was really good. You know, I searched um, his name on Twitter before and people were saying, you know, who's this fullback? And the responses were obviously Kale Iro and people were asking about his contract situation. He's a player that we, we now need to lock up. You know, he's not going to cost us an arm and a leg. 
he's a potential player. You could definitely promote him into the top 30 um, and, you know, cut away um, your mate, who I can't even think at the moment. Harati. He tries when he plays on the wing. Yeah, Harati. Yeah, Harati, <laughs> that's him. Didn't even want to say his name. No, sorry. Um, speaking of wingers, our boys, Sianik Toa and Ronaldo Molotolo, mar- marked up against each other. Both scored a try. You can't tell me that wasn't a handshake agreement between the two boys before the game. Yeah, look, I, I think it was. It's like if you score one, I got to score one and vice versa. And I think I think that's just, you know, the boys being boys. And from memory, that was the only try they scored too. So Sione Katoa scored 100% of the, the Tongan tries this week, which is very good. Mate, Ronaldo had an absolute belter of a game. I'm so happy to see him finally get that rep jersey. I mean, he was there proudly singing the New Zealand national anthem and stuff. Look, I would have loved to have seen him in a Queensland jersey. It would have hurt me greatly. I'm a bit, I'm a bit okay with the Kiwi jersey. That side is fucking incredible. From one to seventeen, that's the best Kiwi side we've seen in a long time. It is, and you know what really hurts me though, seeing that, that Kiwi one to seventeen side there. New South Wales beat them by thirty. Yeah, probably. Look, yeah, that's not even close. They're not. not close. They don't have the the superstars. I mean, especially if you put Turbo and Trell in there. Like, it's not really a contest. But don't forget, we're going into the World Cup at the end of the year without Turbo. And that Kiwi side, you know, Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes, two of the better better halves. And as we've stated, the best halfback in the game right now, Jerome Hughes. So I'm excited. But back to Ronnie, mate. They just, they can't separate each other. There's one try between them at club level. They were all square. I'm giving them a 10 all this past weekend. You know, the Ronaldo try was scored when Tonga were down to 12 men. So perhaps it was... Katoa just shaded it, but I think Ronnie had a better game overall. But they were the two best, undoubtedly the two best players on the weekend, mate. Und- undisputed. Any game, throw them all in, they're the best players. Yeah, look, I think... Uh, you That's know, not I'm true. I'm glad you said it as well, because it was really, really good to see Ronaldo in a representative jersey. And he has he has earned it. You know, 2020 Ronaldo, I didn't think he was going to have much of a future in... The you know, 2022 Ronaldo is one of the best and most complete wingers in the competition. Um He's safe now. He's defensively sound. He makes good contact. He loves taking a hit up. His meterage is really, really good. Um, in terms of Sione Katoa, we've always known that Sione Katoa has been a bit shaky, but you know he gets his rep jersey. I don't think you can take that wing spot off of him. No, no way. Um, I think I think that's his now. He's one of the best finishers in the game. He's one of the hardest workers in the game, and he's his biggest critic as well. So. It was really good to see our boys go there as well. Now, one play we missed as well off the bench for the Kiwis was Britton Nakora. He just went out there and did his job. He ran some suicide lines, copped some shocking passes that you'd expect him to put down, and he just got up and played the ball. Um, one thing about Nakora this year as well on his suicide lines, when he does keep the ball, he gets up and he gets a really quick play the ball, and that's, you know, you, you see that a lot of tries or a lot of, a lot of movement and a lot of meters are made because he'll he'll make the run and he will get up, play the ball, and from that you know you, you your shape set and you can go and make those meters. My biggest criticism of Nakora has always been his involvement, and again didn't really get too involved for the Kiwis tonight. Had very uh, on the night, sorry, had a very shark esque performance, but he came out of unscathed and will line up against the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, how did you see Nakora? Look, I thought he was he did his job. He wasn't called upon to make big meters, so he didn't. Didn't really have the opportunity to really stand out. He did run those suicide lines, and I know they, the commentators, I was watching on Fox, and I flicked to nine and back, and they both agreed that it was an absolute hospital pass. 
and the chorus should have been cut out. Cut out, but he copped the shot. As you said, he got up, played the ball, held onto it where he probably had every reason not to be, or every right not to be. Sorry. So I, I think he played it right. I, I don't think he did himself any harm, but uh, he's definitely not in the top few in New Zealand right now. So I think he will have to force his way in from the bench. But uh, I'd prefer him to save his big performances for us, to be totally honest. Yeah, look, if there's one thing that you can say about Brendan Corey is that Michael Maguire loves him. Um, he will be there in the Kiwi squad. Michael Maguire tried to get him to West Tigers as well before he got sacked. So um, I don't think Corey will have to worry about that. I do think that there are two better back rowers that start in front of him. Um, but, you know, a bench spot for Britt is probably what you're looking for at the moment. Moving to State of Origin, no representation uh, on my Mighty Maroons, but the New South Wales Blues had two players, Nico Hines, 18th man, not activated. See so for Talakai off the bench. Dan, how did you see his performance? Talakai was very good in what he was asked to do. Again, it wasn't like he was thrown out there to make, you know, 100, 150 metres. Made his tackles. He ran hard. Uh, he ran a couple of nice decoys too, which was good. Uh, and I think from when he went on, uh, I think New South Wales won twenty two nil, which is solely down to Sif Talakai. I thought he played, but he's look, he's done enough to earn his job. He, he hold on to his spot next time. He did everything asked of him. I cannot fault him at all, and I think you got to leave him there because, um, you know, with Latrell Mitchell probably coming back into the side, you know, you can't you can't carry two backs on the. And I, I like that Damien Cook. I, I got to say, I was pretty up in the air about it, but I like the way that Appy started and Cook came on late. And, I mean, Talakai does give you that. If a centre does go down, he can go play centre, so you're not losing like an Isaiah Yo or the like. So I actually think he played his role to perfection. And Nico, of course, zero errors, no knock-ons, no missed tackles, perfect performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the Damien Cook substitution, and I'll tell you why. Because when Damien Cook was off the field, Queensland were winning the game 12-8, and when Damien Cook came on the field, it was 36-0. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw lots of people praising Appy Coruscant and saying that he outperformed Damien Cook in absolutely no way, shape, or form, did he? If Nathan Cleary wasn't on the field, Damien Cook was the man of the match for mine. Tedesco was third. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think you said about Sixth decoy runs. Um, because if you go back and have a look at Cleary's first try... Everyone's thinking that that's a short ball, and they rushed up. And Cleary steps back inside, and Caelan Ponga does a Darius Boyd impersonation, and Cleary scores the try. Now, it was a horrible performance from Queensland, but I'm glad our boy was there to cheer. Um, I hope he doesn't get picked in Game 3, because I don't want him to be crying when Queensland get the shield. Um, but our boy, Nico, you and I both think that he won't be the 18th man in Game 3, and that could be a little bit... Hard done by, I Definitely hard done by. Through no fault of his own, but you think of the situation, Nico's been 18th man, what, four games in a row now, or three games in a row. If he gets called in, he's making an origin debut in Queensland with the shield on the line. When there's a player, you know, a pretty handy player, if I do say so, despite my misgiving sometimes on Twitter and Jack White, and I think he is the ideal 18th man for this upcoming game, given he's got a wealth of experience you know, for the Blues and Grand Finals, etc. So I, I think he comes in 18th man, and it does free Nico up to play against the Storm. So it's a win-win for me, and Nico will go straight back into camp after. So you think that it's going to be Jack White, and who's going to be the 18th man? I, I do. I, my, the line of thinking is Latrell will be picked. I have no doubt about that. I think Stephen Crichton will just miss out completely. I think they'll leave 
the hooker the way it was because it really, really worked, as you mentioned earlier. And I think Jack Whiten is your perfect 18th man because he can play anywhere from 1 to 13. Maybe he can't play prop. You the boy, he's going to hit up like a prop. So I think he's the man. And that's really harsh as well because he was your best player in game one. Look, he was, but you can't take Matt Burton out. That kid owns that origin jersey. It's his for the rest of forever. If he's not injured, he's playing. You know, but Latrell Mitchell, you, you lose a game in Queensland and you said, ah, oh, Latrell was available, we didn't pick him. You get fucking lynched and rightly so. You pick Latrell Mitchell if that bloke is fit. So I just can't see why Jack Whiten gets in there unless they drop Coruscant, just play Cook 80 minutes and have Whiten on the benches, you know. Which could happen too, but even so, I think Crichton becomes the 18th man. I think Nico plays Melbourne. I, I definitely think Nico's going to get dropped. What I do think is that New South Wales have an abundance of riches at the moment because Jack White must be in the matching game one. You've got Coruscant and Cook, who uh, are definitely, you know, they, they need to be there or thereabouts somewhere. Stephen Crichton, as you said, is probably going to be the unlucky man to miss out to Latrell Mitchell. However... Latrell Mitchell is a left-sided centre, and that's where Matt Burton has played. So who's going to get shifted for who? I think Latrell. I think Latrell's got the experience to play wherever. And being a fullback, you know, obviously. When, when, when the Roosters won the competitions, um, Latrell Mitchell played left centre, um, but also as well in the game against the Storm, he and Joey Manu were, swipping, were swatching, uh, switching from side to side during that game as well, depending on who needed to make a run. But against Canberra, it was definitely the trail on the left-hand side. I think, um, you know, could Brad Fittler move Matt Burton to six and, and punt Luai to get Whiten and Latrell Mitchell in? I don't hate it because Luai was the worst player in the park in that first half. He was utterly disgusting. Then in the second half and came out as like, Prime Peter Sterling good. He was very, very good in that second half. But, you know, New South Wales were on. They're, they're untouchable in that second half. So I don't think anyone would have been too hard done by. I don't know if you can drop him. But I don't hate it because Burton has to be there. And if you put a gun on my head, I'm picking Burton over Luai every day of the week. Yeah, look, I, I definitely think that it's going to be... Um, uh, Latrell Mitchell will come back. Now, I've seen a lot of people online saying, well, Latrell's only going to have two games. So it's Latrell Mitchell. People got to realise this. It's, it's Latrell Mitchell, and I think that I think our boy will will you know drop out. I mean, you know, he'll be the twentieth man, be around the camp, but as you said, will be available for the storm, and that's only good news for us. Um, and the fact that he doesn't have to get beat up by any of the Queensland forwards, and then he can go and play uh, against the Cowboys afterwards unscathed. Perfect. Um, but let's talk about, uh, you know, we've talked about the rep round now. Our boys were obviously the star performers in every game that was played and CC Talakai was robbed of a man of the match Agreed. award. But this weekend, 3 o'clock on Saturday, we were playing against the Canberra-Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, I was with all intention going to this game, but my quarantine uh, doesn't come up till Monday morning, Dan. So I will not be there. Any excuse, mate. When you said, I'll be there, I turned to my brother Dids and I said, no, he won't. Any excuse, he'll find so, <laughs> no, mate, it's a real shame. It's an absolute bugger. Look, I'm 50-50. I wasn't going to go because I thought I was starting work Friday and I, I wanted to take the weekend to sort of recharge. But now I don't start to Monday because Monday, those fucking idiots, the train strike, just quietly won't go into that here and now. But, uh, look, I'll, I'll probably be there, so I'll have to cheer loud enough for the both of us. Anyone that is listening, make sure you reach out. There's a bus running from Karen Bay in CWSE. 
I promise I'll get that in there. So uh, should should be good fun. It's a shame we're going to miss you, mate. But you'll hear me yeah, from home. Yeah, as well, if anyone wants to go up and uh, talk to Dan, don't because he's a fuckwit. So completely uh, fair. <laughs> uh, how do you see this game against the Dogs going then? I know we've done a preview of it, you know, on the on the last episode that we did, but we get the time to really analyse what the Dogs have done under Michael Potter. Mm-hmm. Potter, Potter. You can't really judge the dogs on the Trent Barrett days because they were just hilarious. But, man, Mick Potter's come in and done such a job with this Bulldogs team now. You know, they, they could be anything. They're a threat. Whereas six weeks ago, I would have welcomed playing the Bulldogs. Now I'm a little bit worried. Well, I still think we'll beat them because they're a little one-dimensional in attack. Everyone and their son and daughter knows that Matt Burton's going to do the majority of kicking and he will do all of the steering around the park. Look, we know Kyle Flanagan. I think there's a few players that have played with him that have come through that be passing on. But despite a few improved performances, he's still he's still a pretty average halfback at first grade level. So if we can shut Burton down, we win this game. It's as simple as that. In saying that, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said this will probably be a 10-8, but it should just game of the round. But I think this will be high scoring. I think both wingers on both sides will go... You know, crazy. And I'll tell you what, Ramian really needs to win his his direct competition. I think if he's the best player in the park, I think we win. Because I, I, I really think that, you know, I know that Karaz has been playing quite well for the Bulldogs. I think he's lined up on the wing this week. Can't remember. And, you know, the, the young um, the young centre whose name escapes me at the moment. Bit of a hothead. Real good player, though. But those guys, you know. Aaron Shop, That's it. But they're young. And they've got shockers in them. So let's hope it happens this week. But look, Nico Hines is going to want uh, want revenge because Matt Burton stole his rightful Origin jersey. And I think that'll be enough to get us over the line. Yeah, look, I think I think we can beat the Dogs. If you have a look at their forward pack to our forward pack, you know they're they're bigger and they're more aggressive than us, but they've got that hot headed temper. Um, and Cronulla this year have shown that if teams are going to start losing their mind, they're not they don't get involved in that bullshit because we've got too many professionals there. Um, you know, so I think, you know, if you have a look at the difference in the bench as well, our bench, you know, shades the dogs. Um, our back line, you know, they've got Josh Adokar. Other than that, our back line is better than theirs. Our halfback is way better than theirs. Their 5'8 is better than ours, but Matt Moylan is in some pretty mm-hmm. good form at the moment. Jake Avarillo, a fullback, you know, he's been pretty good since he's moved there, but he's a shocker, yep. you know, and he, he definitely can be a shocker. Um the one player for mine that he didn't mention, I was very surprised, is the, the young hooker that signed for the, and that's Jeremy Marshall King. Now, if you have a look at his performances under Mick Potter, he has been statistically, in in the previous four weeks, the best number nine in the game. Oh, that's fantastic. Sort of goes under the uh, <laughs> under the radar because everyone's talking about Burton and Addo Carr, and rightly so. Well, I did I did notice a few breaks late against the Tigers, but I'm, uh, I think it was the Tigers. Who they smashed this past week? They've smashed everyone. Yeah, well, whoever it was they beat this week, they, you know, Marsh King had a great second up. I think the game was over. Yeah, look, he's not a player that you think, oh, shit, we're going to play Marsh King this weekend, but can't argue with your form, especially if you've got the stats to back it up. So let's got to keep him down. I don't like hearing that because there's one place we're still weak, and that's in the middle, in the ruck. You know, unless uh, unless the number nines have torn us up before, which worries me just a tad now you mention it. Yeah, look, I, I, again, I think I think the lesson number nine that you're talking about that have torn us up, um, we've been, you know, Dalfinuken out of the squad, Wade Graham just getting his feet back now, but Wade Graham's performance against the Titans, even though the team was bad, Wade Graham's performance 
especially defensively now with his technique, filled me with a lot of confidence. And I like the fact, I don't like the fact that Wade's starting, but I do like the fact that when Teague comes on, Wade goes into the middle because you just get that starch. Like, Wade Graham is one of the nicest guys on the player, but on the footy field, he just wants to kill you. He wants to hit you, he wants to hurt you. Um, so I, I, I do like that. And, I, I you know, I think there's cause to start Wade Graham at 13 and bring Cam McInnes off the bench. Yeah, it's fair. And start Teague Wilton. But um, Dale Finucane... I don't know if he starts or not, but if Dale Finucane starts, for mine, it's not in place of Royce Hunt, it's in place of Toby Rudolph. Yeah, that's fair enough too. I do want to see Toby play a couple of games off the bench, get that hunger back, come out. I just had a quick look at the Bulldogs side. I don't see our good mate, the English prop, who has absolutely made a career out of destroying us the last few times we played. So that makes me he's, very, very happy. He's injured, I think. That's a shame because I really like the bloke and I would love to see him in our jumper, but... Uh, I'm glad he's not here this week because, like I said, the last couple of times we played him, he's had an absolute field day. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, what, what's your thought on this, Dan? I, I did notice on uh, Outlaws you didn't jinx, did you? you? You picked the Sharks. No, I picked the Sharks. I'm I'm pretty pretty confident that we'll beat them. I know that's dangerous, and I've gone into games against the Bulldogs before, and I'm trying so hard not to mention the the incident, Terry. But we've we've lost games that we should have won. Because we've blown overlaps. So I think we'll create enough opportunities this time around. Whether we take them or not, it's another thing. But with the form the wingers are in, they've just got to catch and fall over the line a couple of times, and I think we get home. Yeah, the, the other thing that we really have to do in this is we have to stop Tavita Pangai Jr. offloading the ball. The minute he takes a hit up, he loves to turn his body. First contact has to grab his arms. Yeah, and get Braley in between. We saw it in the trials. We absolutely bodied Pangai Jr. to the point where he got the shits, threw a punch, he got Sinbin. So you get to him early. If his first five to ten minutes are shit, he's a write-off. Because I have him in a lot of fantasy sides. So I watched him really close. If he starts, hits the ball up, you know, gets an offload or hits the ground, gets up, plays the ball quickly, you can't stop him. But if that first two runs, he doesn't go anywhere, just take him off the field. He's fucking useless. So let's play him and play him early. Um, the other one as well, obviously, Paul Vaughan has secured his future with the Warrington Wolves, a player that I really wanted to join the Sharks, but he's another one who has had some really, really big games against us. Um, you know, people bag Paul Vaughan at the moment because of the person he is, and they overlook the player that he is, and at the moment, you know, if he hadn't have had the barbecue gate, he's probably in that origin team with the way that he's playing, so he's one that scares me, but it's the guys like King, Jackson... They don't worry me so much. No, there's nothing there. You know, the big big props always cause us trouble. We don't have the bodies to match the, the big boys. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a... Um, you know, Matt Burton has been so good. He's due a shocker. I hope it comes this weekend. But, I mean, he scored a try against us in the trial, and everyone went on about how good he was. And he was probably the 15th best player on the park at best given that pretty much even our reserves were better than their best player on the day. So I know it's a different world, and trials don't count for much, to be totally honest. But, I mean, we just got to get in their head early. Score an early try and be like, remind them, hey, remember what happened in the trial, boys? And just fucking run over them. If Cronulla get 12-0 up, I think we go on with it. Whereas last week against the Titans, there was always that feeling of, oh, God, here we go again. We need to drag down a shit fight. The Bulldogs didn't come out. They're going to play some exciting football. If they drop the ball and Cronulla can go 12-0 up early... Let's have a party. Let's enjoy a game for the first time in six or seven weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think, you, I think this has got like 20 to 18 written all over it. 
Mate, I take that. If you offered me a two-point win now, I take it. I think this will be a super entertaining game. I think there'll be a big crowd there too. The Bulldogs fans love Combank Stadium. They've absolutely packed it out the last two weeks they've been there. So we to get some people Three there. Three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon is prime time for footy as well. Yeah, this is this is perfect. There's there's no excuse <laughs> except maybe COVID or a bad flu. So I'm okay with that. But anyone who doesn't have a bad flu can fuck right off if they're not at the game. You got to try and catch him because if it bounces, it can go flipping anywhere. We saw that the other night. Ponga had an absolute horrible time. He, he did really well to his credit with a couple of those Burton bombs, and Burton wasn't even the main kicker in Origin. So going back to the last couple of Bulldogs games, yeah, they've created havoc. Gets the only Katoa away from the ball as much as possible because they will pepper him all day. I'd prefer Ronaldo to be. Uh, be taking the kick. So if we can get him to drop back and Kennedy to watch that side of the field, I'd feel a little bit better. Yeah, look, I, that, those Burton bombs terrify me, but in terms of Burton as a player at six, I think he has been pretty underwhelming. His running game's good and the dogs are getting a lot off the back of his kicks. They're not actually getting a lot off the back of his, you know, brilliance with a pass or, you know, a set play. They're getting a lot off the kicks. There's an error. We'll barge our way over and create an overlap. So um, if if we're on at the back and we're switched on at the back, I think that's going to go a long way to winning this game as well. His stats have been very good the last few weeks. We've got a couple of mates that love to put him and and, uh, Nico Hines together, obviously because of the the way they came about signing-wise. But uh, Nico's, you know, probably 10-8 up across the season. And I think this game will go a long way to deciding who wins that battle. But uh, I think we've got more players than just Nico, whereas I don't think they've got a whole lot more than Matt Burton. And that is why I'm tipping the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, if, if Matt Burton turned his ankle on Wednesday night, you're, you're sitting there going, well, where are the points coming from the Bulldogs? Spot on. But Matt Burton's playing, so you know the points are going to come from a boot. You know the points are going to come from you know his running game. So you can't fall for his dummies. He's like Jonathan Thurston when he's 10 metres out from the line. That ball ain't going to anyone. He's throwing a dummy. He's going to score a try. That's it. Who's who's marking up against Addo Carr? Addo Carr is a left winger, so that is Sione Pitola. Beautiful. Well, that right there will be the battle of the afternoon. Calling it. <laughs> Cannot oh, wait. That's, that's good as well. And I mean, Ronaldo against Kiraz as well. That's going to be... It should be we, should get, we should get that one. But if Katoa can hold Addo Carr to a draw... Ramian on Shook. Oh, okay. There's going to be a sin bidding in that battle somewhere. They may actually try and shoulder each other in the head at the same time and then combine to make like a super grub center. This, this could be a fun and game. Corey, Corey Allen, God bless his soul, has to mark up against Cece Fatalikai. So that's the side we're going all day. That right there is the alarm bells. And if they're not hearing them, they will soon. Yeah, if, if Corey Allen hasn't made 30 tackles... By halftime, we've done our job wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. That's good. He's an atrocious defender. He's been really good in attack, but he's an atrocious defender. And if you can run at him with Hines, Moylan, Kennedy, short ball to Talakai, he's going to have all sorts of problems. That's good. Oi, what do you make of the uh, the bench? The bench, Terry, we've seen a not-so-popular player left off. Uh, I 
still feel that that not so popular player will play. Uh, whether it, he could actually Connor Tracy's in the 18th man, so it could be Connor Tracy, it could be Trinor. I think Fafita drops out of the team. I think this is just a wake up call for one of them at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not looking into that too much. I am looking forward to two guys who weren't named but should be back very shortly. Jack Williams and Braden Hamanuelli coming on and add some starch onto that bench in place for Fafita and Tolman. And I, I'm with you now. At the beginning of the year, I wanted three forwards and a utility, but we don't have the utility. So I want the four forwards. I want the big bodies. And please, Braden, please, Braden Hallinuelli, please come back. No, please. don't we? Don't we need him, mate? If I could, if I could give him whatever he hurt, I'll donate. I'm already down two hammies to Matt Moylan, but I'll put anything in that I need because, uh, yeah, I would feel a lot better if we had Hamlin Uella running out this weekend. Although Royce Hunt's last game makes me feel a little bit excited about what's going to come this week. Well, imagine if we could start Royce Hunt, Hamlin Uella against this dog's back. Oh, there you go. There's going to be some uh, some brutal violence. Yeah, and on that note, Dan, I'm going to go for a massive hail, Matt Moylan. Hail, <laughs> Matt Moylan.